Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to e-commerce conversations, a podcast by practical e-commerce. Hello. This is an e-commerce conversation for Patchley Commerce, and I am Armando Roggio. The Amazon marketplace includes nearly 500 million products from something like 2 million sellers, and that's a lot of competition for businesses you know, introducing new products to the marketplace or trying to sell retail products in the marketplace. And in fact, being competitive on Amazon is exactly what we're going to discuss today with Casey Goss. Now, Casey is the co-founder and CEO of Viral Launch, a software and services platform helping brands to source, launch, and dominate on the Amazon Marketplace. Casey, thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much, Armando. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, as we get started, I just kind of want to learn a little bit about you. Uh, Take just a little bit of time uh, and talk about your journey. How did you come to be the co-founder and CEO of Viral Launch? Yeah, uh, so kind of a little counterintuitive. So I actually, you know, I've never sold anything on Amazon. I had no idea, you know, I didn't know anything about Amazon until a friend of mine showed me that he was selling and I think he was like 19 at the time. We we're both in college. I'm, I'm 24 right now. Um, so this is probably three and a half years ago or so. And he was making, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a month in college kind of as this little side job. And so I was super interested. I kind of had my own thing going. I was uh, going to college, running track, studying business and taught myself coding on the side and kind of dropped out of school building these apps around this technology called iBeacon. And this is when my friend Jordan, my co-founder, came to me. He had kind of always wanted to start a business together. And he's like, hey, man, you know, there's plenty of opportunity in this Amazon space. We should really do something. I have this idea. I think we'd be able to make, you know, around $10,000 a month. And all we have to do is just throw up a couple of websites. And so $10,000 a month at the time was like an insane amount of money. I was like, okay, you know, this sounds super easy. I'll do this on the side so I can keep doing my uh, app stuff. And um, yeah, things kind of just kicked off from there. So now obviously you've grown from just a few uh, web pages out there. About how many customers do you guys have and how many folks are you helping? Yeah, so we have worked with a little over 4,500 brands right now. Um, our client bases in around 8,000 now. Um, and so uh, so the brands are on one portion of what we do and then strictly on software, we are at about 8,000. So what we do is everything from, really we're, we're centered or focused on helping brands to dominate on Amazon. So we do everything from package label design, product photography, writing of the listings, uh, we have software to help run promotions to drive your keyword ranking. We've run over 18,000 launches, actually 19,000 launches now. Um, we have split testing software. We have a new tool called Market Intelligence, which helps you uh, predict profitability of markets. What, how are my competitors selling? Um, you know, what, what are the opportunities? How have markets been trending? And uh, yeah, we, we, really co- we also like help manage accounts. We're really trying to use our data 
and our experience and our knowledge to come alongside these brands and just help them, uh, yeah, absolutely dominate in the space. You know, it's interesting. You started off by saying that you don't hadn't really done anything initially on Amazon, got kind of brought into it. But it sounds like now you spend uh, or your company spends all the time on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I actually bought my co-founder out uh, officially a year after we had gotten started. So, um, you know, I'm the only owner in the business and it's still, you know, really kind of interesting that I've, you know, I've never sold anything on Amazon myself and uh, kind of just coming into it fairly new. The, the thing is, is that we just have such great perspective of the space. I mean, our clients are, uh, you know, like I said, 4,500 brands, guys just getting into private label selling all the way to our largest private label seller. They did just under a hundred million on Amazon alone last year. And we're also working with some big, you know, Fortune 1000 companies as well. So now sort of channeling that experience that you have in selling on Amazon, uh, I got a few questions for you that I think will, will help the practical e-commerce uh, audience. One of the things yeah. that comes up a lot is, you know, whether to see Amazon as a, a uh, sort of a competitor or as a partner. So when you think about amazon.com, do you think it's a competitor for online retailers or is it really a partner and, and, or is it both, I guess? Well, I really think that, I guess it depends on how you look at it. And a lot of sellers kind of have a love hate relationship. I mean, you, at the end of the day, I think that if you are selling a physical product, you need to be selling on Amazon. Um, and a lot of it just comes down to, even maybe not from a monetary standpoint or financial gains perspective, but even just to stay relevant nowadays, you know, when people are going and price checking or, you know, what over 50% of product searches or shopping related searches begin on Amazon now. And so if your product isn't listed on Amazon, you're no longer in that consumer mindset when they're looking for a duffel bag and you know, you're a big du uh, retailer that sells sporting equipment and your duffel bag isn't on Amazon, consumers are no longer thinking of your brand. Or you know, if you d if what we really see right now, and this is kind of becoming the trend, uh, is that like in the past, retailers just didn't take it seriously. These, these big name brands didn't take Amazon seriously and, and a lot of them still aren't. And so while they have their products listed on Amazon, their listings look terrible. Their photos are terrible. You know, the content on the page is absolutely terrible. Um, you know, like Camelback, as an example, one of their flagship products, the main image, or maybe not the main image, but one of the supplementary images is like in Chinese or something. And <laughs> okay. so that, that it, it, means, it shows like, you know, you're not in the modern age. Like Amazon is e-commerce, you know what I mean, um, at, this, at this stage. And if you're not well-optimized, then you just don't look relevant to today's consumer and they move on. So a lot of your customers are obviously either private labeling something or they're manufacturing something. Do you, yeah. do you think there's a difference between a seller on Amazon that sort of has a, a you know, product of their own uh, versus a seller that's more of a classical retailer, you know, so selling products that might be available from other stores? Do you think the path to success on Amazon is different for those? Maybe describe why or why not. Yeah, no, so I don't think the path is different. I think actually the path is the exact same. Um, the, the thing is, is that the third-party sellers are the ones that are very savvy of the Amazon platform and know how to pull all of these success levers. And so the big brands, you know, they, are, they ha still have the traditional mindset 
uh, a traditional retail mindset when it comes to Amazon. So they don't understand exactly the levers that they need to be pulling. And so that is, you know, the opportunity for these major retailers uh, or these, sorry, these third-party sellers. And, you know, our, our best case study, we helped take this third-party seller, uh, one brand from nothing in June of 2015. They did 35 million last year on Amazon alone. And they are the number uh, five brand in their entire category on Amazon. We've had a couple other products, number one, um, number one product in their category. And the, re the reason being is not because there aren't huge brands to compete with. It's not because their products are just so much better than these name brands. It's simply because they know how to leverage the Amazon platform to have success. And so I think that what's going to start happening is these brands are really going to pay attention and, and want to take things seriously on Amazon and they'll start using services like us um, or, you know, other, other Amazon success services to help them to really start pushing back on these third party sellers. You mentioned in there uh, sort of pulling the levers on the Amazon marketplace. Just really quickly, what are some of those top levers that a retailer uh, should be pulling, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, your listings have to be absolutely top, top notch. That includes the uh, photography set. So, I mean, we have Fortune 1000 companies with, you know, huge budgets, huge marketing teams. And we're doing their photos because photos on Amazon have to be done a certain way. And we have split testing software with thousands of campaigns where we know exactly what photos are driving the best conversions and what people really want in the e-commerce setting. And so... Basically, like you have to have, you know, great studio shots with graphic callouts that are showing all the details because nowadays people don't really want to read. Um, and then you also have to have lifestyle photos that are showing the, the product in context, showing him in use and building kind of that emotional story and that emotional connection with the, the potential customer. Um, and then on the content side, you know, so many people in the traditional retail age are like, oh, you got to tell your brand story. Well, in today's day and age, I mean, less and less people are reading content. And so the content is actually a lot more about SEO. It's a lot more scientific um, than it is like, you know, beauty or ephemeral or, you know, driving that brand story. I mean, we've done tons of split testing where the content doesn't drive conversion nearly as much as you think it would. It's all in the photos. And so, um, and, and as an example, even in your title, you have to put a colon after the fifth word in your title because that helps your Google SEO. So it's, it's, I mean, it's really, you know, a science when it comes down to it uh, in terms of the content. Uh, pricing is obviously important. Ads are really critical. Um, yeah, making sure you have good sequences to drive reviews uh, and then just leveraging promotions to drive those sales, to drive that keyword ranking. You know, one of the things that uh, I've had conversations with companies that I've helped get on Amazon in the past is talking about sort of picking and choosing the products that you do bring to the marketplace. So I'd like to get sort of your input on that. Do you think uh, there's a good way to know, you know, which products are likely to sell well on Amazon and, and how profitable those products might be? Or do you think it's just a case of you should put every product that you have out there? Uh, I think for major retailers, you should definitely be putting every product you have out there. Then it comes down to like opportunity costs and kind of a hit list of which products do we need to optimize and spend, you know, our time on first. Uh, and yeah, so there's, you know, in our eyes, a very clear uh, way to do that. We actually, you know, I had mentioned before we have this tool called market intelligence. And basically, you know, our experience, like I said, 19,000 product launches, 
we really have it dialed in as to uh, being able to predict what products will do well, which products won't do well, and to what degree they'll do well. You know, how much money am I going to have to spend in order to get this product to do well? And essentially, we've packaged this all into this tool. So you, you run this tool on a product. Let's say you want to, again, sell a, a duffel bag, right? You, you, you type duffel bag into the tool. We'll give it a star rating on a one to five star basis, basically letting you know kind of what the opportunity is, what the intended ROI is. Um, and we'll show you, here's what the competitors are selling. Here's what we think you could sell. Here's what it's going to take to get there. Here's how the market's been trending. Here's how price has been trending across the market. Um, you know, here's how sales are performing year over year. Just kind of all these stats to really paint a, a really solid and comprehensive picture as to what to expect if you begin to enter that. So my suggestion to people would be is run this on, you know, let's say you have a line of 10 or 100 potential products. Run this on your top products and, and really get a good feel as to like uh, what the potential is for each product versus the kind of barrier to entry. So then you uh, have a good idea as to like what the highest ROI products are, then en enter into those markets first and then continue down your hit list. How important is, you know, price in that, in, in deciding what to put on there? Do you find that price competitiveness is a problem on the Amazon marketplace and maybe why or why not? Yes, completely. Uh, I think that, and this is one index that we don't show on the tool as of yet, but I do think that there is like a price, there is a price sensitivity to each market. And so, you know, supplements, as an example, are uh, fairly price sensitive in so much as uh, low price actually is not the way to go. So if you try to cut your competitors on price, a lot of the time it doesn't work because then people assume that your supplement is inferior. People don't want to consume, an, you know, this low quality supplement. Um, but for other goods, let's take, you know, commodities like spatulas or something like that. Low prices definitely do well so long as you have the social proof in terms of reviews to perform well. And so, again, what I would suggest is trying to shoot for the market average because at the end of the day, like all products, are fairly similar. And if they're not, I mean, it usually only takes a few months for a competitor to go, you know, have their Chinese manufacturer build the same exact product as yours. And so there's no real way to differentiate. And so at the end of the day, you need to be able to compete well on price. I, I do think that big brands, so that's more for third party sellers, uh -huh. big brands have that brand power, which they can then leverage to charge somewhat higher prices, but at the end of the day, people want to clean their brush or, you know, how they want to flip their pancakes. And if they can do it for $5 with this no-name brand versus $10 with this name brand, they're going to go for the $5 a lot of the time. So, you know, I'm sort of working around this topic of the intelligence that you're using or, or how to, um, you know, sort of find the products to, to focus on or optimize first, you know, where you have the best opportunity. Short of using a tool like yours, um, you know, say I'm a, a small or mid-sized company just getting into Amazon. You know, are there yeah. three or four things that you would recommend they look for, uh, you know, maybe short of using a software solution? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess generally in a market, we, we think that the barrier to entry is the average review quantity. So I would go across products and look at what is the – Average BSR, so best selling uh, bestsellers rank for the products versus what is the average review quantity. So basically, what this what this kind of calculation we we do it a little bit different. Our 
we'll estimate sales so we have a good idea as to like how much volume they're doing, but you can kind of roughly do this with BSR with no tool. Um, and so basically, I would want to understand how many units are these guys selling? You know, what is my uh, gross margin potential here or gross, uh, sorry, gross revenue here divided by what is my barrier to entry? So, you know, if everybody on page one has 10,000 reviews, that's going to be a very, very difficult market to break into to start selling well. So if you have those markets where everybody has, you know, 500 or less reviews on average, that's a much easier market to break into. Then I would want to go look at what is the average bestseller rank uh, across the market. And so if it is a low bestseller rank, which is kind of relative, but somewhere around 5,000 to 1,000 um, in that respective category, then that looks like a fairly decent market to get into. Sales are pretty good. The barrier to entry is fairly low in terms of reviews. So now I will consider getting into this. Um, yeah, next you gotta you have to look at price. So is how can you compete on price? Uh, what is the offer? Stuff like that. But generally the first thing that we look at is kind of that like estimated sales to barrier to entry calculation. We call it the ROI ratio. I really like what you're saying there. And it's, I'm going to sort of read into it a little bit, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it sounds like you're putting a lot of emphasis on reviews as being kind of the key to whether or not you can um, you know, find your niche, if you will, in the marketplace. Are reviews really the currency for products on Amazon? Yeah, I mean, it's, so basically it's all relative. So at the end of the day, I think that reviews are really the customers or the end users only indicator of popularity, you know? So if, if a duffel bag has 10,000 reviews or a spatula or whatever has 10,000 reviews, then customers assume, hey, a lot of people have bought this and they must have really liked it enough to leave reviews. And so, you know, if everybody else had 1,000 and this one has 10,000, then you, you know, maybe even subconsciously are assuming that you're more likely to have a, a good experience with this product. And the same is true, you know, in the inverse is if everybody had a thousand reviews and you only had 50 reviews, people assume, you know, this product must be inferior if not as many people have bought it, or it's, you know, it's less proven that this product is just as good as these other products. And so really what, that's what we see a lot of the time is, you know, we help products get ranking with, you know, few relative reviews and we just really have a hard time selling well. Um, and so, yeah, reviews are absolutely critical to maximizing your, your sales potential. So do you have uh, you know, a tip or suggestion for how Amazon Marketplace sellers can get more reviews? Yeah, yeah. So definitely make sure you are staying within Amazon's terms of service. They just recently changed it in October. Uh, you used to give products away in exchange for a review, and that was totally cool. And so what was happening is sellers were going and giving thousands and thousands of products away per item. So, you know, in just a few months, they would have, you know, thousands and thousands of reviews and then be able to sell really well, really quickly. Uh, but Amazon took that away. There's still a lot of people doing kind of black hat tactics so make sure you're not doing that. I think it's absolutely unacceptable. Uh, it's, it's not worth it. But really, what, at the end of the day, make sure you have a great product. Uh, there's no supplement for that. For third party sellers, you have the ability to send email follow up sequences to your customer. And so one tactic is, again, always making sure that you're providing a great customer experience. So what, what we do is, you know, we reach out to customers, we'll give them a tip on how to use this product. Let's say it's uh, 
uh, a pre-workout. We'll, we'll send them instructions on how to get the most out of your pre-workout. And at the end, we'll just say, hey, you know, if you, uh, we'd love to hear your experience on the product. If you don't mind leaving us a review, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, it, so that's a tactic. Some people include like inserts into their packaging, asking for feedback on their experience or a review on their experience. You know, you really need to make sure that you're never asking like, hey, if you had a good experience, we want to review because Amazon sees that as asking only for good reviews. Um, so yeah, but but really, I mean, Amazon is kind of limiting the ways that you can drive reviews. They do have a new early reviewer program. So if you have less than five reviews on your product, can enter into this program at $60 per product, and they will follow up with customers post-purchase. Uh, up to You can get up to five reviews through that. So uh, kind of just got to scrape by. Um, yeah, th there's no easy solution for that anymore. So uh, as we start to close our conversation, are there any other things yeah. that you'd want to say to the listeners, um, sort of suggestions or advice for them uh, to dominate on Amazon's marketplace? Yeah, uh, so right now is the time to do it. It's, you know, getting harder day by day. And as we talked about with review quantity being the barrier to entry, you know, increase in reviews is just a function of time. So as time goes by, reviews are continuing to increase, making markets more and more difficult to get into. So now is absolutely, absolutely the time. It will never be easier than now. So please get in and live it, uh, you know, go to the full capacity now. Um, while it's still relatively easy and you have the opportunity because people are making insane amounts of money on that. All right. Thank you very much, Casey. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.